Hey everybody, welcome to Come Follow Me Daily Dose. I'm Lindsay Hansen and today is January 5th. Today we're going to continue talking about the creation and especially days 6 and 7 of God's creation. Now we talked a little bit yesterday about God creating men and women and his personal involvement there. How when it came to the creation of his own children, he said, let us go down. And he wanted a personal hand in that creation. Verses 26 and 27 of Genesis chapter 1 says, And God said, Let us make man in our own image, after our own likeness, and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the fowl of the air, and over the cattle and over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creepeth upon the earth. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God created he him. Male and female created he them. Now, I think it's so important to recognize that man and women were part of this creation, and they had to be. Remember how we talked about the beauty of the creation and that God just didn't create plants. He created plants that created seed that would make more plants. He didn't just create animals. He created animals that could continue to reproduce and make more animals. And so it would stand to reason that he couldn't just make man. He made man and woman to be together for that same purpose, to continue the process of the creation. 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 11 says, Nevertheless, neither is the man without the woman, neither the woman without the man in the Lord. So it wasn't a full creation until both man and woman were created and together upon the earth. Elder Holland, in his book, On Earth as it is in Heaven, said, It takes both male and female to complete the image of God. Now, that quote was fascinating to me because think about what we talked about when we talked about who God is. Remember, Genesis, the word for God was Elohim, which in Hebrew means multiple gods, more than one. The I am in Hebrew turns something plural. So if, as Elder Holland says, it takes both male and female to complete the image of God, perhaps that image of God isn't just Heavenly Father, but that image of God, of Elohim, multiple gods, is Heavenly Father and Heavenly Mother working together perfectly and in perfect union for the creation. After all, what is it that the Savior teaches his disciples about being one? If ye are not one, ye are not mine. And so it would stand to reason that Heavenly Father and Heavenly Mother enjoy that same kind of unity, that same togetherness, that same united in all things, especially in the creation. It would make sense that here on earth we need man and woman to create, to continue that process of the creation. So it would make sense that both Heavenly Father and Heavenly Mother would be involved in that creation, especially the creation of man on earth. Okay, so let's talk a little bit more about day seven. Day seven has always fascinated me. In Genesis chapter two, verse two, it says, And on the seventh day, God ended his work, which he had made, and he rested on the seventh day from all his work, which he had made. Now, it's interesting. He says he ended his work, which he had made. Now, obviously, he did not completely end his work because his work of salvation is ongoing. It continues to this day and will continue. But he ended this particular task. He ended his involvement in the creation. 
Now, I say his involvement in the creation because the creation is a continuous process. God made it so. He made everything to continue to create, but his involvement in that creation, his hand in that creation, he ended. And then he says, and he rested on the seventh day. Now, let me ask you a question. Let me ask you this. Does an all-powerful God get tired? Now, let's be honest. The creation, there was a lot to it. There was a lot of things done. But does an all-powerful God get tired from doing that kind of work? Of course not. But here, God ends his work and he rests. What is he trying to teach us here? What is the rest that God needed? Now, I love this example and I love what it teaches us because he took this opportunity to take a break from his everyday thoughts and worries and activities in order to rest and restore spiritually and in order to give us an example of what we should be doing, that rest and restoration that that spiritual rest and restoration that we need once a week. So what is this Sabbath day rest that we are supposed to experience? Does it mean sleeping all day and lounging around and doing nothing? Absolutely not. Although an occasional nap on Sunday is, I'm sure, blessed by God. (laughs) I'm convinced of it. But Doctrine and Covenants section 84 teaches us this about what rest really is. Remember this section, it's talking about how Moses was trying to teach his people how to see the face of God and how to enter into his glory. And it says, but they hardened their hearts and could not endure his presence. Therefore, the Lord in his wrath, for his anger was kindled against them, swore that they should not enter into his rest while in the wilderness, which rest is the fullness of his glory. So rest, real rest, the way God defines rest is abiding in his glory, experiencing his glory and his spirit. It's that reconnection with God that is true rest. So as we talk about the Sabbath day, as we talk about the rest of the Sabbath day, which I know there are a lot of jokes out there about all the meetings that we go to and how it's anything but restful. But when we think about the true definition of rest and that reconnection with God, what can that help us understand about what our Sabbath day should look like? I'm a big believer in not teaching lists of do's and don'ts when it comes to a principle. I'm a big believer in teaching the principle and letting that kind of guide our do's and don'ts list. Well, the principle here is that God blessed us with a Sabbath day and he sanctified this day so that we would have the opportunity to enter into his rest, the fullness of his glory. And so the things that we do on the Sabbath day should help us experience that glory, should help us feel that glory, and should help us reconnect with God and his glory, which an important part of that is to rebind our hearts with him again by renewing our covenants with him. The sacrament has to be a part of that fullness of rest and fullness of glory. Elder Faust once said, keeping the Sabbath day holy is much more than just physical rest. It involves spiritual renewal and worship. My friends, that's what our Father in Heaven was trying to give us. That's what he was trying to teach us when he rested on that Sabbath day. He didn't rest because he was beat from the creation. He rested because he was trying to teach us 
about spiritual renewal and spiritual connection that we can receive through the Sabbath day. And what I love is that whereas God's work wasn't done, he did teach us to set it aside when it's time to experience rest, when it's time to reconnect with him and experience his glory. Our work, our worries, our thoughts, they're never totally done. But if we want to reconnect with God, if we want to experience that glory, if we want to rebind our heart to his through the renewal of our covenants, then we need to take that opportunity to set aside our work, to set aside our worries as much as we can, to set aside our troubles and our cares, and to focus on him and the rest and the renewal and the glory that he can offer us because of that sanctified and blessed Sabbath day. Thank you so much for listening today. If you're enjoying this podcast, make sure to follow us on social media, subscribe, like, comment, or share. This has been Come Follow Me, Daily Dose, and I'm Lindsay Hansen.